Welcome to the Mommy Oyoyo podcast, a safe space for honest, transparent, authentic, and real-life gist about being a mother, African style. I am your hostess with the mostess, Barry Dakara, and I'm here to share the unique experiences of being an African mother. Thank you for tuning in. Oya, drop the kids, get comfy, and make we start! Hi everybody, welcome to this kind of bonus episode of the Mommy Oyoyo podcast. This wasn't the plan to have an episode so quickly after the last one. But in light of everything that's going on with coronavirus, um, I reached out to my guest for today, Dr. Ada, to find out if she'd be willing to share some information and answer some questions about coronavirus and how it kind of affects us as parents and with our children. Um, As I mentioned in the previous episode, my daughter um, had direct exposure with someone that has um, coronavirus. And so I just thought it would be kind of important for us to have this conversation now. And thankfully, thankfully, she was able to give us a few minutes of her time to just shed some light on everything that's going on, how we can, um, what we can do on our own part to prevent our children and us from catching um, coronavirus. So without too much talking, let's just get into this episode. Now this is episode 32. Welcome to the Mommy Oyoyo podcast. My name is Barry Dakara. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please share it with everyone that you can so that um, the mass hysteria and panic can, you know, end. (laughs) All right. Thanks for um, coming on today. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Hi, Dr. Ada. Hi, Barry. Welcome to this episode of the Mommy Oyo podcast. This is very, very impromptu episode. (laughs) Yes. A bonus, a bonus special episode, I'm assuming. It will be a bonus episode, but I'm still going to put it as episode 32, please. I had something else planned for episode 32, but that's going yeah. to be episode 33. This one is 32. Okay, no problem. Yeah, so the Mommy Oyoyo audience, you guys are getting two episodes like within three days of each other. Wow! And, what? And it's all thanks to Corona. Coronavirus. Oh <laughs> that's crazy. But I'm sure they're very happy. To, I'm sure we're all happy to have that. So that's good. yes, yes. So let's not get into too much play. But could you please introduce yourself to us, Dr. Ada, and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yes. So my name is Ada Adejero. I am a pediatrician. I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I was born in Nigeria, and I moved to the states about 16 years ago for college. So I, I was here for college. I did my college, my medical school, um, my residency, my pediatric residency here. And I've been practicing as a full-time pediatrician for almost five years now. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So as a full-time pediatrician, I treat babies, uh, I treat patients from newborn to 21 years. And then when I'm not working, I love traveling. Um, chasing my almost three-year-old Kemi around, or I'm also producing um, video content for my YouTube channel. 
as Dr. Ada and also for my social media platforms on Facebook and Instagram. Awesome. Thank you very much for that introduction. I've been following Dr. Ada for how many years now? Almost three. Because you hadn't had you hadn't had your baby when I started following you. Yeah, yeah. I started because I I started honestly because I, I, I'm a pediatrician, uh, just like not a lot of my friends, but I had a bunch of friends who started having babies even before me who would always text me or call me and ask me questions. And I loved it. I wasn't bothered at all. So when I got pregnant, I felt like, okay, this is the perfect time to start something where I use YouTube, which I love because I'm, we all have learned so much on YouTube. So I felt it was the perfect time to use YouTube. Um, and my passion, which is pediatrics, to kind of grow an audience that kind of help w- grows with me and my child. And we talk about different topics and different stages of <laughs> child development, you know, as I go along with my own kid as well. So that was kind of the goal when I started at that time. So it's almost three years ago when I started, yes. Okay. Well, thank you again for that. It, you guys need to check out her YouTube channel. I really, really enjoy um, watching her, you know, talking about everything pediatric related and, you know, pregnant, and pregnancy related as well. She's very, very relatable. And what, the, the things that she talks about are really easy to digest. So you guys will really enjoy it. Um, Thanks, Barry. <laughs> welcome. Um, so you're a pediatrician, um, and with everything like that's going on right now with the coronavirus, COVID-19, could you just give us a little um, insight into what the general atmosphere has been like where you live and where you work? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I live in Pennsylvania, um, where we live in like some of the suburbs of Philadelphia. I mean, I, I would say the general air has been filled with a lot of uncertainty and panic, but um, our health systems and our health providers are not as panicked um, because with the guidance of very good infectious disease specialists, they're, they're doing a lot of strategic planning. So from my, from my patient's perspective, they're obviously worried about their kids um, and the Pennsylvania schools have been closed for the next two weeks. Um, from a healthcare worker perspective, we have to go to work, which I'm happy to do. So I have to go to work tomorrow. Obviously, there are colleagues of mine who have kids in these schools that have been closed. So as a group, as a healthcare system, people are trying to figure out what their new normal will be with their kids at home. And it's not summer break yet. Um, I'm just trying to juggle that. My daughter's daycare is still open, thankfully. um, And we've decided that she'll go to daycare as long as it's open. Um, My husband's work (laughs) has told them to work from home for the rest of the month. So if for any reason she has to be home, he'll watch her. Um, but like everywhere else, like, you know, you know, all the reports you're getting in the news, people are panic buying groceries, cleaning agents, paper towels, toilet paper, and all this stuff. But I think for healthcare providers, and if you have a chance to talk to your healthcare provider, um, everyone is putting together strict testing guidelines. Um, so for instance, at my health, at, at my network, they've put together nine different locations in our area where you can drive through if you have a valid you know, concern that you may have the virus and you get tested. That way they reduce oh. the number of people. Yeah, so that way they reduce the number of 
potentially sick people who come in contact with well people in the clinic or in the ER or, you know, in the actual hospital. They're also testing people before they do any elective surgery. So let's say, you know, it's not an emergency surgery. You know, mm-hmm. they will test you a couple of days before to make sure you're not exposing the doctors or the nurses or all the other healthcare workers to it. Okay. Um, um, and then in my clinic in particular, we've divided the clinic into two um, sections, a completely sick side and a completely well side. So people are still comfortable bringing their children for their checkups. And then if okay. your kid is sick with anything, you go to the sick side. So you're not there. So there's no cross contamination. Um, so if you call over the phone and you want to schedule an appointment, the nurses will you know, ask you very specific COVID-19 questions. And then if they feel like you may have been in contact with the virus, they will send you to one of those testing areas. But if you're sick with something that could be some other illness, then they'll send you to the sick side. Okay. You know? um, so that's kind of like some of the things that we're doing in our community to deal with it. But the atmosphere, I would say for everyone, is general panic part of which is honestly being driven highly, highly by social media and the news um, and false information that hopefully with, you know, forums like this, um, healthcare providers like myself can talk to patients and let kind of give them more insights into what the virus is and help them not be as worried. Okay. Yeah. I, um, I, I, I agree that there's a lot of panic out there. And to be honest, when, my daughter's school sent the uh, email that a teacher in her school, um, actually the next class over to hers, mm-hmm. when they said that this teacher had um, coronavirus, like, it was like, okay. wait, what? <laughs> it was like, wait, what? I know, right? You know, like, what does this mean for my child and everything? And so, yeah. um, and the thing was, the school wasn't being forthcoming with information. So there was a lot of like, we don't know, like, is she under quarantine? Am I under quarantine? Are my parents yeah. under quarantine? Like, what is going on? Yeah, you know? exactly. So I really just, once I got a letter from the Department of Public Health, I mm-hmm. didn't waste time. I replied them immediately. I'm like, okay, these are the questions that I have. I hope yeah. you're not overwhelmed and everything, but I need to know this information just so that I know what I'm telling my family members because they're exactly. as well, you know. Yeah. So um, I'm very happy that you know you answered the call to just help us spread awareness about what's going yeah. on and to give like proper information. There's too much um, misinformation going on out there. So thank yes. you very much. Um, no the problem. question that I have is. Um, what is the difference between, you know, like symptoms for COVID-19 and the cold, the flu, like even allergies, um, because mm-hmm, people will mm-hmm. be, you know, if you cough, <laughs> I remember the day that I everyone started looking off, at you, she <laughs> coughed next to a neighbor and she jumped, my neighbor jumped like, <gasps> you oh my know, gosh. my child is well, like, what is your problem? Yeah, so could you just, just, you know, like, what are the symptoms that people should be looking out for? Or COVID nineteen, yeah. and if like if they sneeze or if you know they have a runny nose, like just yeah. give us some information, please. For sure, for sure. So, firstly, if your child or you know, because we're we're kind of trying to be primarily talking about kids now, if your child has a runny nose, it's really really less likely it is COVID nineteen. If your child has the typical combination of fever, cough, congestion, or pink eyes, stomach pain nausea, vomiting, they probably have the flu or a mild illness. So typically, you know, like I was mentioning, if a a mom calls our clinic and she's worried and the kid has all these symptoms, 
um, the nurse will have you come to the clinic. You will go to the sick side and we test everybody. We'll test, you know, the concerning kids for the flu because more, more, more likely the child has the flu. And the reason why it's important to test for the flu is because we have the, a medicine called Tamiflu that helps to reduce the symptoms of the flu. So, so I want people to kind of have that in their mindset. So if your child has those typical symptoms, you probably have the flu or you have like another mild viral illness, okay. which, usually, which usually go away in like five to seven days. But if it is fever, cough, and difficulty breathing, and fatigue without any runny nose, they should be tested for COVID-19. So the main things are the fever, the cough, and the difficulty breathing. And so as you, as you can imagine, that combination is not very common, you know, especially for children, because that will definitely, for any parents, that will raise your suspicion of this is odd. Um, however, what, what we found out is that in the over 100,000 cases that they've, um, they've had of COVID-19, you know, all around the world, you know, it's climbing every day. But over, over, um, after looking through over 100,000 cases, the most of these cases, when they do test the kids um, that have, um, that they check for COVID-19, most of these cases, are, they still turn out to be normal viral illnesses. Uh-huh. And then in the large, you know, in the large um, amount of data that's being gathered now from around the world, um, the pediatric age group happens to be the least affected. So good chance, um, very low chance that your child will be severely affected if, even, if, even if they're exposed. So when you think about the teacher from your child's class and the next door class, even those kids that were in that, child, that teacher's room, they obviously have to be under quarantine and observed, but the likelihood that they would develop like significant um, respiratory infection, which is what COVID-19 quickly turns into for sick adults, the likelihood that that child would develop that is very, very low. Um, So what I do want parents to know is that there are some specific group of children that we should be watchful for. So um, what we've noticed is that the the virus seems to cause um, a form of pneumonia and respiratory difficulty. So breathing difficulty, right? So it, it causes that for the people that get the severe um, form of it. So in children who have, you know, complex, complex medical histories, so a child who has like a heart condition or really bad asthma, um, we, we think those, those parents, the parents of those kids should take very, you know, take this whole social distancing very seriously, mm-hmm. um, just so they don't, they don't even catch, so they don't even catch the, any virus, the flu, any simple virus or COVID-19. So these are the kind of parents that definitely want to um, keep them home from daycare, even if your daycare is still open, you know, no school, no activities, no play dates, no indoor um, um, soft play, nothing like that. Um, so those kids, if you know your child sees multiple subspecialists, if you know your child is on multiple medications, you know, has anything like, you know, significant breathing issues, asthma, lung um, you know, you name it. I feel like those kids, their parents probably already know or probably already feel that way. But mm-hmm. those are the kids that should um, participate in the social distancing even more. Um, what we want parents to know is, you know, as this is going on, ch- children are indoors. You still have to try your best to get the kids out to play and have fresh air, especially if your child is not is not sick, you know, in any way. Because being indoors so much can also sort of negatively affect the child. 
Okay, it's act, I'm actually glad that you brought that up because um, so Coco has been under quarantine since last week, Monday. So today is um, day seven now. And what I've been doing, um, I, I'm blessed enough that I can work from home. Mm-hmm. And I've given, before I was working from home part-time, but now mm-hmm. I've been given the um, okay to work from home, you know, while her daycare is closed. So mm-hmm. what I've been doing, at least on our my breaks and lunches, is taking her for a walk outside. So we go out exactly. maybe two or three times a day just to get the sunshine and to get fresh air. Yeah, um, I, I think that's I think that's very key because you know, fortunately for us, the weather is getting a little bit better. Um, mm-hmm. Between the parents being holed up with the children at home and the parents being holed up at home themselves, it's just important to take a walk. So. For instance, we're all participating in the social distancing. But yesterday, one of Kemi's daycare friends, um, the mom and the child, they, they they encouraged us to go on a walk with them through a trail, you know, in a park. And, you know, the child is healthy. The mom is healthy. We're all healthy. So we felt it was fine, you know, that small group of us to just take a walk. Um, and I feel like parents should have that same confidence to go out to the park with their child not go to an indoor park where there are hundreds of people, but, you know, just to play with your child outside, like nothing will happen except you are physically exposed to someone who is sick or who is coughing or has droplets or anything like that. Okay. Now going back to when you talked about, um, you know, kids that have underlying conditions like asthma, um, in those instances because it only just occurred to me um maybe yesterday or so that they've been talking about you know the uh the elder the elderly that are dying it's because they have underlying mm-hmm. conditions and mm-hmm. it only just occurred to me that wait but their children that have underlying conditions i was asthmatic growing up so mm-hmm. for someone like me you know this kind of thing going on um if you know when i was a child might have been um a huge problem so like parents that have children with these kinds of issues Mm -hmm. what should they be doing i mean they should do all the things that ideally they um where they're the cdc and their healthcare providers are recommending so social distancing stay home you know don't don't be a part of big crowds or groups um because they are you know don't go on those similar walks that we went on because there are people who are sick who don't show a lot of signs um, and then the child can pick up the virus from like a parent who's sick or something like that. However, um, what is actually hurting more kids who are asthmatic currently is the flu compared to COVID-19. So I would highly recommend that such kids get their flu shots because the kids who don't get the flu shot and get the flu, they get sicker quicker. Mm. than than the COVID, you know, kids who are exposed to COVID-19 because we, there are just not that many cases yet. Um, so one thing you can protect your child from getting any respiratory infection is, you know, washing your hands, you know, covering your coughs, like, you know, sanitizing as much as you can, but definitely getting your flu shot to, pre- to, re- to prevent from the flu, which is more likely going to make you sick than COVID-19. But in terms of COVID-19, since we don't have a vaccine and we don't have a treatment, Um, I would recommend they definitely take part in the social distancing. Um, I won't call it a challenge. It's not a challenge, but the social distancing. (laughs) (laughs) The social distancing that is being encouraged right now just to kind of keep them safe, you know? Okay. Um, 
you've met, you just mentioned that, um, and I've seen that online as well, that it's possible to have the virus and just not have any symptoms, period. Mm -hmm. Okay. So <laughs> I think maybe that's maybe going to bring a new level of, <laughs> I don't know, maybe fear, fear or panic, like, wait, so I can be walking around, you know, and not have any symptoms and then pass on this virus. Um, yeah, I so guess, I think, go ahead. No, I th I was just gonna say I think that's that's the the reason why the whole social distancing is discussed. So, because uh, people people who are well are gonna pick up the illness, they'll have they may have like a mild form of like a viral infection, and then they'll they'll get better, they'll be fine. But if you are someone who has underlying illness, or if you're an elderly person, from the data that's been collected from the people who actually get significantly sick it's usually those people so it's usually the elderly or people who have underlying medical illnesses so if you're if you don't have any underlying medical illness that's significant enough you will be fine just like the almost over 80 percent of people who have actually caught it um have been so ultimately i wouldn't recommend that um I, ultimately i would say that people shouldn't worry about catching or not like you know people keep telling talking about how at some point we'll all get it right and so <laughs> we'll all get it in the sense that the world is just so much more of a, of a global village that in some way we, we may get it but how many people will truly get sick from it is a very very small percentage of people and so that's why there shouldn't be so much widespread panic about it but what we can do is socially distance ourselves so we protect the people who can have um, adverse reactions um, or adverse outcomes if they get it. Okay. Now with social distancing, um, you're talking staying away from large gatherings and like mm -hmm. public places. So what about... Um, so obviously, I think that going to the mall, like don't do it. Going to the movie theater mm -hmm. or restaurants, don't do them. Mm -hmm. um, what about like play dates? Yeah, so that's kind of what I was um, saying yesterday. You know, like we went out to with our friends in the afternoon, but we were outside in the out, you know, in the open space, and no one was sick, and there weren't like a, we weren't. It wasn't a crowd of people. We're just like walking down a trail. So I feel like that's okay, but you know, you have to be very cautious in terms of um, who you're going with, like, you know, if the person is healthy or not and things like that. Um, and I feel like the other thing to people should be aware of is that if there is, if there are confirmed cases in your neighborhood or in your community, then I probably wouldn't recommend that at all. Okay. Um, I definitely would, I, I would probably recommend more quarantining kind of social um, distancing and being in your home um for the time being okay so now let's say a parent finds out that their child like me you know found out that um they may your child has been in potential contact or you as a parent you've been in potential contact with mm -hmm. someone that has it like what um what are the guidelines like i mm -hmm. call my daughter's pediatrician immediately you know to mm -hmm. see, so here's the situation you know I just kind of need a guideline what should I be looking out for 
if she starts mm-hmm. to exhibit symptoms, like, am I supposed to bring her to you? Am I supposed to go here? So I know what you're doing in your, in, in, in your area, but like, just as a general guideline for people who aren't in Pennsylvania right there with you, mm-hmm. what should they be doing? What should they do okay. if their child or they themselves have come in contact? Yeah, so where everyone is expected to follow the CDC guidelines. And so the guidelines that we're using are um, a form of what the CDC is putting out for all health providers. So I would do exactly what you did. I would contact your doctor. I would let them know what the symptoms are. If If they really don't have any symptoms, there's nothing extra you need to do. I would just say stay home for the two weeks and just monitor yourself. Um, definitely if you have symptoms, um, that could be like, you know, concerning symptoms for COVID, which is like the fever, cough, and shortness of breath, I would call your doctor and then they would, um, suggest where you could go to, to get testing. Otherwise, if you have other symptoms that seem like they could be flu or another viral illness, I'm sure your doctor would suggest you come in and get tested for the flu and get the treatment for that. Um, otherwise there's no, um, that's basically the the three main scenarios that one can think about. If you were exposed to someone who is confirmed and you have no symptoms, you just stay home. But if you do have symptoms, then you call your doctor. Okay. Now you've mentioned the panic that's going on with the panic buying and everyone's, um, you know, (laughs) going crazy Mm -hmm. and buying up all this tissue and emptying stores. And my sister-in-law was actually, um, where was she? She was at Publix or Walmart, and these two guys like carried wine bottle and broke to stab each other. Like no joke, oh you know. So, um, yeah. <laughs> what should people, parents, what should they actually be buying um, to get ready for the quarantine? What are the the necessities that should be at home to? take care of Mm. their children in this time let's say for like two weeks or a month yeah so i feel like um definitely parents should look to get enough you know depending on what um the age of the child that you have so if you have a baby you need to make sure you have you have enough baby food wipes diapers for at least a two-week period um food for everyone else in the house for the same time period and then cleaning supplies water um, you know, if anyone takes medication, make sure you have enough in terms of refills that you have at home just to um, help you while you're there. But I don't think there should be like this panic about getting it. I think what happened is everybody kind of rushed onto the stores at the exact same time. And it created this really his- hysteric look for the whole, the whole country. Mm-hmm. So um, it really doesn't have to be that way. Majority of the people who are engaging in this hysteria buying are very well and have no illness at all. Um, and unfortunately, it actually reduces um, a lot of the items for people who are, one, truly in need, um, people who are going to need these things in, in the form of medication or food who who, even people who may be sick that need medicines or or people who can't even afford to buy that 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 amount you know like, yeah so I think like it's one of those things where people go to the store you see someone else like panic buying and you're like okay maybe I should also panic buy and then it just kind of ripple effects to everybody so I think that's what happened 
um, but I don't think it's necessary. If you could, if you, if you're told to be under quarantine because you have symptoms, or if you can't work because your child's school is closed, all you need to do is just buy the typical amount of things you would need in the home for the two weeks. But it doesn't have to be. You don't have to stock up for months and months or anything like that, okay. um, and deprive everyone else. Yeah. I actually, <laughs> I ran out of pull-ups for Coco on Friday. Well, I almost ran out. Mm-hmm. I had only five pull-ups left mm-hmm. and was almost in that state of panic. Like, oh my God, oh my God, like, where am I going to get diapers from? Because yeah. they were sold out online. Um, <laughs> but what happened was at the end of the day, at the end of my work day, I just drove off to Costco. That's where I usually buy um, the pull-ups from. And yeah. No lines, no panicking. No, no, there were no. a bunch of boxes of pull-ups. I just grabbed one and came right home. So, you know, yeah. the, the hysteria and paranoia is just unnecessary. <laughs> Very yeah, unnecessary. I, I think so too. Yeah. Um, so one last question before I let you go. Could you please um, just um, give us on a closing note, the best things that we can do to prevent us as parents and our children catching COVID-19. Yes. So they, the things that you need to do are just the general, global, well-known hygiene. So good hand washing. People talk about 20 seconds. Um, wash your back, the front, in between your fingers, and teach your children to do the same. Um, cover your cough with your elbow. And then the only people who truly need to wear a mask are people who are sick um, and people who are in contact with other people who may be sick. So, you know, healthcare workers, or if you have a runny nose, but otherwise walking around the airport or walking around the stores with the mask on and you're, and and you are perfectly healthy is not really helpful. Um, Washing and wiping down countertops, people do, which is fine. You know, obviously you, I, I would suggest you may need to do that more if you have a positive exposure or if you're quarantined at home yourself because you do have it. Um, a few things that I would want to recommend though is that if you are a parent with a newborn, it's okay for you to have visitors, especially if they're healthy, but they should, you know, continue to wash their hands like they normally would. And obviously no one should kiss your baby on the face. So, you know, you don't pass on any, any kind of virus at all. Um, there hasn't been a lot of talk about this, but, you know, we who are pregnant <laughs> and breastfeeding moms, um, they also have questions about COVID. Um, from the CDC, there have been a very limited number of cases and there's, um, of moms of COVID-19 being transferred in breast milk. Um, and they said, even if a mom has symptoms, if she's been tested or she's under quarantine, it's okay to continue breastfeeding. Um, the outcomes for pregnant women, um, there really isn't enough data to, 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 to say that they have you know, worse outcomes, um, but just to, and we encourage them to continue pre- preventative actions to avoid infections. Um, people are you know, canceling their travel, which is fine. You know, it's part of the hysteria and the worry um, car travel is obviously fine. And if you do have to travel by air, just wipe down everything. 
Um, and then obviously don't travel if you're sick and then avoid as many crowded places as much as possible. So those are the things, the tips that I would say to kind of prevent catching COVID-19, which are truly, truly the tips that you give to anyone to prevent any kind of contagious virus. Thank you. Thank you so much. I should have asked this other one question because my dad is just feeding into this thing about, well, black people cannot get it. Please can you tell <laughs> us whether black people can, African people can catch COVID-19. <laughs> well, people have been saying that on social media and it's so funny because yes, they can get it. Yes, there are cases. I mean, the NBA players that, um, that have, some of them are, you know, have African-American descent. One, one reason why I feel like we don't have a lot of African cases is because of testing. As you can see like this, they're not as, 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 uh, as um, abundant testing materials, even in the U.S. Right. So compared to, um, compared to like our countries in Africa. So COVID may already be there. Um, we just don't know. It will just be one of the added other things that we're dealing with. But um, yeah, so I feel like that may be the reason why there are not that many cases. And I feel like in the next few days and weeks as the government um, issues the ability for us to have a lot more testing, we will see even more cases come up. But I think the summary is just to let people know that if you're healthy, um, you're less likely to have a, um, a bad reaction if you get COVID. If you get COVID, just quarantine yourself all of the while. Um, and and if, even if you're healthy, just try to stay away from crowds so you don't get it and then bring it home to your grandparents or to someone who otherwise would do badly if they were to get it. So that's the goal. Okay. Thank you so much, Dr. Adab. This has been very, very insightful. I'm so happy that you were able to get the time. Like when I saw your message, I think that was at like 3 a.m. I was like, eh? I'm going to go back to sleep and start writing out the questions. I'm like, see, we're oh. going to do this. We're going to do this today, yeah. yeah. by course. So yes. thank you so much for sharing um, your expertise and um, helping push proper information about um, this virus and, you know, helping, I guess, to dispel some of the myths yes. and um, kind of try and curb the mass hysteria. So thank yeah, you very much. You're very welcome. I'm glad we're able to make this happen as well. Yeah. Now, before we sign off, please let everyone know again where they can find you online. Okay, great. So you can find me on Instagram. Um, my handle is at ask. So that's at A-S-K underscore D-R underscore A-D-A. So ask Dr. Ada. Um, and you can just put in that those same words in the YouTube search engine um, field, and you, shall, you can also put the same words in Facebook. So um, you'll be able to find me on those three social media sites. Perfect, perfect. Thank you so much again. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. I know it's not easy doing <laughs> <laughs> everything, and then considering, you know, being pregnant as well so you know we're praying for you um, you know god bless your pregnancy and we can't wait to meet um the baby online <laughs> no um, worries for sure yeah but just take care and thank you again no worries thank you so much and um i'm really happy that this was able to take place and i'm able to share some information so 
hopefully if anyone has any questions you can always find me on my social media platforms and dm me people dm me all the time and i love it i really don't actually have any problem with people sending me messages um and if i can't answer your question i'll definitely send you to where you can probably get some um good reliable fact scientific answers great thank you for that everyone if you have any questions definitely send a message to dr dan she'll be happy to answer all of them for you <laughs> i hope you have enjoyed this episode <laughs> this impromptu episode <laughs> Um, but make sure you guys just share it and everyone please you know go on um, Dr. Adaz Instagram follow her on Facebook as well and definitely subscribe to her YouTube channel you guys will really especially since you're African moms you guys will really enjoy her channel I promise you this I enjoy it all the time so <laughs> thanks Barry you're welcome all right well have a good day let me let you go so that you can take care of your family and yourself and your public at large. <laughs> All right. Take care. Bye. All right. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mommy Oyoyo podcast. Out of everything you could be doing, you chose to spend the time with me, and I am truly grateful. Please follow us on social media at Mommy Oyoyo, which is M O M M Y O Y O Y O. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Feel free to send us feedback and suggestions that way or via our email at mommyoyoyo at gmail.com. Also, subscribe to the Mommy Oyoyo podcast on your favorite podcast players. Rate and review the podcast. And finally, don't keep this goodness to yourself. Share the Mommy Oyoyo podcast with your friends, your family, your coworkers, and more. The Mommy Oyoyo podcast, sharing experiences of African motherhood. Mommy, oh yo yo, mommy, oh yo yo, mommy, oh yo yo. See you next time.